0: forest whitaker he pops up in the first little bit uh jen she's you know you feel for her loses the mother that sort of thing um
1: let's point out though that that's the dumbest way for her mom to get killed right yeah why is she just running out through the field why is she just come out there like go the hide blasting? with your daughter yeah. he's got it taken care of I, I i digress hey what's
0: going on guys my name is kenneth jackson i'm an actor from atlanta georgia
1: And I'm Trey Riley. I'm a writer-director from Charlotte, North Carolina. And this is Cinevibes. What did you watch this week? And if it's a criterion list, I'm going to buckle in because I know you went to all the different continents.
0: All right, so you're going to be ashamed I don't, Uh I have not watched a movie this week. Nothing? Nothing. What
1: about a TV show?
0: TV show, only snippets. So, Gerald, he's watching Lovecraft Country, and uh, he just finished Watchmen. I caught Mm -hmm. the finale of Watchmen without seeing the entire series.
1: So, (laughs) (laughs) but it was pretty good from what I saw. (laughs) Those were both on HBO, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. I've heard yes. good things about Lovecraft, but not a lot of people are talking about it.
0: So, Lovecraft, I've heard that it bangs, but I heard it's very niche. It's almost like um stranger things. So, it's very stranger thing thingies ish. <laughs> um so it's that plus like some other um uh, show combined like that Mm -hmm. sort of like weird wacky like uh paranormal stuff 80s vibe that sort of thing and i also know a lot of uh or some people that are in there in the show like just from following around insta and you know it's shot mainly in atlanta so cool i know some of the actors or at least follow them on instagram and uh it's cool to watch them Post about it and talk about it and just yeah. I've heard it's a really good show.
1: Nice. Yeah, I didn't watch a lot this past week, but one thing I did watch that I thought was noteworthy was the trial of the Chicago Seven.
0: Oh my god, I've been waiting for that.
1: Yeah. So it's Aaron out Sorkin, on... uh, coming back to us with his second directorial outing Mm
0: -hmm. it's
1: on netflix all right and man like i i love a good like biopic like that or you know based on true story type of plot line and you know with him it just he makes everything feel more intense than it might be Right. And like a lot of the movies just in a courtroom, not even really heated, uh but like you just feel the tension and that the stakes are high and yeah. highly recommend if you're into those types of movies. And even if you're not, I mean it's I learned a lot about that particular um instance in history for the yeah. nineteen sixty eight Democratic National Convention, um, and the yeah. protests and riots and stuff, so
0: yeah i um so this movie has been on my radar for a long time ever since i watched eddie redmayne and aeronauts and mm-hmm. i remember i looked up eddie redmayne and saw that he was working on this but it's also got some like some big power players as well we got sasha baron cohen yeah and then Great we got role for him joseph gordon levitt yeah uh michael keaton um and there's many other like names, but those are the ones that stuck out to me, and I was like dude this is a this is a nice cast, yeah, and it's got like, a lot
1: of solid uh high rollers in there mm-hmm. Michael then, Keaton course, specifically is <laughs> his yeah. character's hilarious
0: who is it Michael keaton hmm yeah,
1: yeah, people uh, enjoy him, I'm sure,
0: and then just being directed by Aaron Sorkin I mean, come on, he's one yeah. Of Like, it's not to say that anything that he makes is going to be a banger, but it's just he takes his both scripts and films very seriously. Mm -hmm. And you can tell.
1: And a lot of people kind of crapped on him for directing his first, which I believe was Molly's Game. Molly's Game? I love. Because he also wrote that. And, you know, whatever way you want to go with it, maybe the directing, if you want to somehow take that out separately wasn't like amazing right some people might have been saying Mm -hmm. but like this is right up his alley yeah and so writing and directing just seemed like a natural fit for sure with that one
0: yeah i'm just to say real quick i love molly's game just because of like the power and the uh, It was the power that the woman had in the story and there it is touched on in the film that she, you know, in a man's world, like where, you know, men literally try and do whatever they can to take advantage physically over women. um, She still wins out, in my opinion. And that's the type of content I want to see from filmmakers. I don't want to see. I want the content where it's like the woman is powerful on her own she doesn't need to have the backing of, Oh, I'm fighting the patriarchy. Right. She doesn't have to have the, like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm being told I can't because I'm a woman. So I'm going to do it. Right. The yeah. one, wom- the woman that it was based on just the story in general was just, and it might've hinted at it throughout that, you know, Oh, she's a woman. She should just listen to the man and that sort of stuff. Of course that's brought up, but it's not dwelled on the entire time. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just as a quick review of, um, uh, Enola Holmes. Uh I watched Enola Holmes. Oh yeah. A few weeks ago. Okay. And um it honestly pushed the oh, I'm not gonna be like, you know, I'm outside the box, I'm not following what I'm not gonna be a proper woman. Yeah, in the time period that it's placed in, men were like, Oh, you're gonna be my ward, we're gonna have you sent to this school to be taught properly how to be a woman. Mm -hmm. And yes, that existed, that happened and you know but the entire story was pretty much backing that entire premise and it's not to get away from that but it's more of like i want to see women powerful in roles just for them just being straight up powerful i don't want right. them to be like powerful in spite of the man you know what i mean yeah it's and just like
1: what eden was saying with even like korean actors in diversity, film. like yeah. just be in it be a woman. And like the story is about you and there's no context. Like Mm -hmm. we don't need to know that you're trying to like defeat guys. Mm -hmm. Like you're just a powerful woman. You're independent. You're doing your thing. Yeah. So I I agree with that for sure.
0: So I think that what he did with Molly's game was fantastic just because it showed her very powerful and like in control and making her own destiny rather than like, you know, saying I'm fighting against a destiny that was like given to me from birth. Yeah. Uh, Which many films, I think. Panda pander to but yeah uh so that was what you watched did you watch anything
1: else i had a pretty light yeah i had a pretty light week but um that was definitely one that stood out
0: Mm -hmm. i need to get back into it criterion because i i just got it and i think i mentioned it mentioned it in a previous episode but i got um the great courses plus and it's pretty much just a bunch of lectures online about different subjects. And I watch that in my free time just because it's almost like turn my brain off and like work out, uh, just do stuff around the house, mm-hmm. whatever. If I watch a movie, I want to sit down and watch it 100%. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to half-ass watch a movie. So I
1: turned on something the other day and I was kind of cleaning the kitchen and I just had to turn it off. I was like, what's the point? Yeah, you know like you're not paying attention, so
0: it's kind of like...
1: I could add it to my letterbox, but I didn't really see it.
0: Right. I do so. that so much is that I'll I'll watch movies and I'm like, I'm not really paying attention. I'm going to turn this off. And yeah. that's, that's some of the reason I don't finish movies is because I'm like, I want to watch it. I want to, but mm-hmm. it's just... My timing, amount of work I'm doing, other stuff going on in my life, I just can't. I just need some distressing. I need something. <laughs> I need that white noise that we talked about in the first episode.
1: Yeah. Great British baking show is great white noise.
0: Yes. Any baking, <laughs> like cooking show, fantastic. <laughs> or noise.
1: sports. Or sports, yes. Unless it's like a, a pivotal game or something.
0: Right. But this week. We are talking about a movie that whenever it came out, many, I think a lot of Star Wars fanatics were kind of sketchy about it. Because it wasn't in the main line of movies. Uh, Before this time, there was like Clone Wars, other like animated stuff that was going on. So the lore of Star Wars had gone further and it had expanded Mm -hmm. even more. But... this film it was the foray into the like unknown for the bigger productions right for the bigger budget movies and uh this was rogue one which when it or a star wars story let me finish the full (laughs) title rogue one a star wars story and it's a movie that when it came out it was there was some trepidation but when it finished and everyone saw it we all like gave it standing ovations wherever we were, whether we're watching it in the theater or in our bedrooms. Like, we're given standing ovations. And I, I think, you know, I don't know if uh Trey shares the same uh, excitement, but uh, if he's as big of a Star Wars fan, then I'm assuming he does. So...
1: If the audience can see the smile on my face right now.
0: <laughs> Grinning. Yeah.
1: Um, Rogue One is... The best Star Wars film ever made. Yeah, I'm just going to say it. That's mm-hmm. how I feel. And I'm also going to say I haven't seen 4, 5, and 6. And I know you guys are going to roll me through the coals on that. But even still, out of all the ones I've seen, and I've seen all the newer ones too, it's just a banger. It yeah. is everything you want. You don't need to know anything about any of the other films, really. Like If you do, like there's fun little nuggets in there. But it's a standalone film. It starts and ends. There's nothing in between on either end. It's just, it's what I've always wanted from a Star Wars type of story. Mm-hmm. And they delivered it to me in a beautiful a platter. platter. And everyone agrees, like Ken was saying, it's got a 7.8 on IMDb, a pretty solid meta score, 65, which is nice, mm-hmm. especially for a movie like this. So, Yeah, I think it's pretty solid. And Gareth Edwards directing it, he previously did Godzilla before this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he didn't have a ton of recognition. And then I think Godzilla gets him on the map. And then obviously Star Wars takes him over the edge. Yeah. So, yeah, I am a big fan.
0: Yeah, I when this came out, I was excited just because. I think many Star Wars fans, anybody in the fandom, at least remotely, understands the gravity and the expanse of the Star Wars universe. You know, there's worlds that the cinematic universe has not explored, right? Mm -hmm. There are things that people say aren't canon, but yet, you know, it's what we go by as Star Wars fans and there's worlds and histories like we only get a little snippet of history of star wars in the cinematics right there's a whole eras there are eras there's thousands of years of history to explore Mm -hmm. and this was one of those where it's not like we're in the old republic right we're not all the way back in that era but we're in the middle of an era right we're in the middle of a saga right because mm-hmm. between one two three and then you got the filler or blank space four five six right though between those trilogies um there was kind of a what's going on here right they mm-hmm. never ran into each other and this was one of those films where i think it did a fantastic job in the kind of filling in the gap of where the original four five and six were going and how it got to that point. And I mm-hmm. enjoyed the way they went about approaching it too, because it's such a, um, just like a great way that they did it. It just yeah. loads so seamlessly.
1: That blank space is literally just rogue one dropped in there and yeah. it, it's perfectly tied together on the front end. Like, you're kind of jumping into a new story, but anyone that's seen it knows that at the end, it's literally tied into the fourth movie, like, mm-hmm. perfectly, and everyone's, like, losing their minds in the theater when they're watching it, because, like, I mean, oh, we'll get to that. that's but, what uh,
0: happened before. Yeah, yeah. Because now you're like, oh, now we have even further of the story of how, like, this epic journey got to... of mm-hmm. uh, Because in the original movie... You only have... Hey, she gets this sent up to her from the planet. Right. And uh, then she's like, okay, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope. And then... Mm -hmm. Like, blinks into hyperspace. Like, we only get that little bit. But this filled in the entire gaps of how the information and the uh, blueprints of the Death Star were given to Leia. Right. So, I think it did a fantastic job. Let me just say, the visuals in this arresting arresting they're fantastic chef's kiss because the first few frames of the film shows an ocean with a black beach and honestly i want to go shoot a movie with a black beach now (laughs) i i know it exists somewhere on the planet i gotta go shoot there because the contrast of the ocean white spray and the light on the black muted beach, and then just the soil and the like farm and the mountain. Walking through that green terrain. grass there. Yeah, that right on little the beach. Patch. Yeah. And I just think the contrast was fantastic. And that just goes to show you the amount of worlds there are to explore in the universe. Yeah. But many times, because that's not a new done. planet, right?
1: Yeah. That it's, we it haven't seen a... before.
0: It was a new planet we haven't seen. You might have seen it if you played some of the games, because I think in the games if there is a map where you play in, like, on the side of a volcano, and it's like black sooted ground mm, and stuff like gotcha. that. I don't think this is the same place, but I, I mean, I might. It might be, but I think that's all volcanic. This one's more of like it's just naturally like black dirt. Yeah, and I think that's just fantastic. There are plenty of other worlds out there that are just ripe It was the almost picking. like
1: Ireland with Hawaii beaches. Yes. Like that's how I kind of visualized it. Yeah,
0: it was. It had that mood to it that was very somber and like rainy and just like mm-hmm. overcast. It wasn't like sunny. It was very downtrodden, but yet the beaches were beautiful and um, much like in Hawaii, like you're saying.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So visually... I think the film's fantastic. fantastic. Um, one thing I want to touch on real quick is the robot companion, because it, this is always one of the mm. tropes in a Star Wars film. Yeah. Because there's always an android. If you know the universe, there's androids everywhere. And pretty much someone has a companion android in some capacity. Um, and the one in this, I noticed the jabs that he would have, the little comedic <laughs> relief he would provide. Um And break up the tension but I think it was done well I don't think it was fully Jar Jar it was not Jar Jar Binks level nothing is Jar Jar Binks level nothing is Jar Jar Binks level anymore and thank god for it (laughs) and so the android in this film I think it was good comic relief Um, there were times where it was kind of like you're just you just make jokes you're a joke box you you make funnies
1: he felt a lot like TARS did in Interstellar like Mm -hmm. He was the comic relief of the whole film because right. like, it's pretty heavy for the mm-hmm. most part. Aside from him, uh, that's K2SO, I think, what's his name? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just great companion character, like you said. And I know I, even when I watched it this latest time, which is my third watch, just the jokes still hit and it's mm-hmm. still funny. So that's good.
0: Yeah, I watched it back and one of the parts where it was kind of like noticeable that he was comic relief but I accepted it because it was a funny joke was whenever she shoots him or what we perceive to be shooting yeah. yeah. and the robot takes a second, looks down looks up and then falls and we're like oh god, she just killed (laughs) K2SO and then like he's right behind the robot and he's like did you know that wasn't me? And she was like Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course um but real quick you know who voices k2so right i do alan tudyk
1: he's amazing
0: fantastic actor
1: yeah i remember seeing him first in dodgeball i believe yes and he's just made some banger comedy since then and mm-hmm. You'd never know it that he's in this. I mean, just a great. He performance. was in
0: he was in it just came to me uh forty two.
1: Mm, okay He was in forty two. He was the
0: racist uh coach. Do you remember Forty Two? I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? Mm. I definitely recommend just because I mean yeah, Chadwick. I want to see it. But um he's also the racist coach, which I mean, he's a pretty slimy character, but I think he's yeah. That doesn't portray him as a person. That just shows you how good of an actor he is. Got a is. good range. So um speaking of actors, uh Donny Yin.
1: Whew. I was gonna mention him.
0: Donnie Yin. I gotta I gotta mention my man because <laughs> are you a fan of uh are you a fan of Ipmon?
1: I haven't seen it. Ip People man. keep telling me to watch it. Go
0: watch Ipman.
1: Now uh, is he in all of them or just the first one? No, there's a bunch in, now, right?
0: I can't remember how many it goes up to. I want to say it goes up to six, but I know honestly, there's at least
1: four. I've seen yeah. four like the title somewhere recently.
0: I don't know if he's in the last few, but he's in the first like three, I think. Yeah. So um But those are
1: like bar setting type were, movies, right? They were
0: bangers. Like when I say bangers, I mean when I watched it, I was about fifteen. I was like, there's no going up from here. This is peak. This is as good as it gets. Peak martial arts. This is peak martial arts, adrenaline rushing, bow staff wielding hype right now. And it just, his ability in this film too, like when he does fight, it's like, yo, it's bringing back some of the Ip Man uh, Mm -hmm. feelings. And I wonder if they did that on purpose. If they used like him as a martial artist Uh, Which, of course, they're wanting to use his skills, but if they did it in a a bit of a way that's like, oh, it reminds me of Ip Man, right?
1: Yeah. Also, like, the way they introduce him uh, in the city there as, like, the blind man, Mm -hmm. and he's going through, like, his kind of ritual sayings, and it's like, I'm one with the force, the force is with me. Mm Mm-hmm. Like they set that up so beautifully that every time you see him and he like grips his staff a little harder, you're like, oh, he's about to go ham. Yeah. And sure enough, every time he starts swinging that thing and jumping around and just like everyone gone, and he's blind, by the way.
0: So yeah, he's blind. Like, he's come just on, feeling it. And it's hilarious because it's not like he's just a oh, he feels everything and he knows. Uh, like uses the force to see almost as, as if he's daredevil. But mm-hmm. there are times where like he, he had the army rush up to him. He's like looking around. He doesn't really know. There's so many people and then like his friend saves him. Like Yeah. And it's kinda like, Oh I, I had them. That's uh Bay's
1: right? That's his name. And then
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. They added some
1: got a massive gun. Yeah. I was like, I was watching the movie though, and I was like, "Why does everyone not have a gun like base?" Yeah, it's like, like he just leveled the whole. just Stormtrooper group. Meanwhile, they're all shooting these little pea shooters, essentially.
0: hmm Uh, and then Felicity. I mean, I we had to come around to it. Felicity, mm-hmm. I think she's a fantastic actress. Um,
1: I've seen her in so much stuff.
0: She's yeah. great every time. So, like I mentioned before, with Eddie Redmayne, aeronauts. Mm-hmm. She was in Aeronauts. I thought she was fantastic in there. Um,
1: They're also together. Actually, and, wait, what? What?
0: I, let me make, let me fact check myself because she was in The Theory
1: of Everything with Eddie Redmayne.
0: That's the one I'm thinking of. But let me see if she was also in what I'm thinking about. Aeronauts. I think
1: you're right. That was their second teaming up.
0: Maybe they did because, like, mm-hmm. in Theory of Everything, of course, it's a two hander. Um, but this also, yep, the Aeronauts. So wow. They huh. do team up for a second time, uh, but yeah, Felicity stuff I've seen her in uh, have been fantastic. I think she's a really good actress. I mean, some people may say what they want, but yeah, I think I think she really does fantastic, especially with the scene where uh, she's watching the uh, hologram from her father. Like, I think yeah. that's a very powerful scene that many people would be like, you know, what she's just crying. No, like, you can see in her eyes, like, the sadness of, like, losing a father, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it's not like she's just busting down crying. However she got to that place, that's her acting uh mojo, but uh, I thought it was just fantastic because it, it doesn't make you think.
1: Also, up to that point, she hasn't really had a relationship with her dad, and she's thought that either he's dead or he's gone, but, like, she's put him out of her mind, for better or worse so now that she's seeing that he is actually alive and he's not a monster that just abandoned her
0: Mm -hmm. you
1: know that's a very somber moment kind of a turning point where the film turns towards achieving a mission and like everyone working together to get there which again to that point was kind of everyone was out for themselves and it's kind of a point of unity
0: yeah and I think that that um like not trusting is brought up very early. Uh and I think that's what makes the ending so satisfying. I mean, mm-hmm. of course there's the sad part where it was <laughs> my guy. But um you know, that's I mean, heart wrenching. This
1: far you already know that we don't hold back everyone dies. Yeah. Like that's another reason in a weird way that I love this movie, because We don't need to know what they're gonna do next. Mm -hmm. They were killed. Like their story's done.
0: We know that the entire thing is yeah like it's
1: self-contained and everyone served their purpose. They were, because it also like adds value. And again, I have not seen four, five, six, Mm -hmm. but now I like have context for why it's such high stakes. Mm -hmm. This rebellion and you know blowing up the Death Star and all that stuff there's people that led to this. It wasn't just like these people that we see on screen. There's people that have no name and now we have their name. And I think that's really cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also we got Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Mm. I mean, anytime I see him, I'm always excited <laughs> like to see what he does. And in this role, it's, it's pretty good. Like just the way he handles. Cause honestly, I couldn't really tell whether his character was like, you know, being facetious, being, like, shady, or, like, I, I didn't know there if was I could like trust like, alternative him. motives or anything. You know, it, it was kind of like, especially whenever he asks her, you came here to kill me, didn't you? Right? Even whenever he has that little bit of hurt in his voice, I'm like, this man could pull out a blaster and just go to town <laughs> and start shooting. And I'm like, I, I never know what he's going to do. And I'm like, hey. so I I love seeing Forrest Whitaker as well.
1: Yeah. And Ben. Middleton mm-hmm. Might be the best bad guy, villain type character actor that I've ever seen because yeah. I've seen him in some other films where he's the bad guy as well. He's just got that thing. Like, you just want to not like him. And mm-hmm. that's a testament to him playing these characters because I'm sure he's a nice guy. Yeah. But yeah, this film, he. This might have been the first time I saw him in something where I was like, oh, like, I want to look that guy up next. Yeah. And I just really think he presented himself well and that character you're just not supposed to like at all like there's no saving grace or redemptive qualities in him like he's just Mm -hmm. bad all the way through
0: yeah and then also i wanted to shout out mads mickelson as well because Mm -hmm. i've seen some of his work i haven't seen like all of it like i still need to watch hannibal um but he's been in other stuff like i still need to watch at eternity's gate but doctor strange i think is where many people know him from
1: he's a james bond villain too right
0: yes he was i forget which film now skyfall skyfall i or think a casino M- royale casino royale i remember yeah. now
1: they're playing poker and stuff
0: yeah yeah so yeah mads mickelson just wanted to shout him out as well but um, it's a
1: stacked cast. I mean, it's really good. All these people have done great things either before or after.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, what, what the last one that I'll mention about actors is Guy Henry, because it was uh they used facial technology mm-hmm. in this to replace uh the actor's face to because of Grand Moff Tarkin the actor passed away. And so now they had to superimpose his face over CGI it over somebody else's face. So I was like, "That's some like <laughs> serious serious work." Because I was like, I was looking for the details in the CGI. Yeah, because I knew it, but if you were watching it without knowing, you'd be like, "Oh, okay." Well, the only I, I would, giveaway you
1: is. Just is so sharp, you know? Mm-hmm. Like CGI gets sometimes. Yeah. But as far as like effort level, like A, because to bring him back just for the sake of having him and seeing his face to continue that story, they could have easily tried to do like shooting him in low light or kind of not filming his face as much, but like they just went head on for it and Yeah. mad props for doing that.
0: So, like, the story wise. I was, I was pretty, I, I loved it, honestly, like the way they introduced it with Mad's character mm-hmm. and just Forrest Whitaker, he pops up in the first little bit. Uh, Jen, she's, you know, you feel for her, loses the mother, that sort of
1: thing. Let's um, point out, though, that that's the dumbest way for her mom to get killed.
0: Right. Yeah. Why
1: is she just running out through the field?
0: Why is she just come
1: out there like with go the hide with your daughter? Yeah. He's got it taken care of I, I I digress, but I just mm-hmm. want to point that out.
0: Yeah, so I think that you know <laughs> after that, but then it snaps to um present day, she's um,
1: locked up.
0: She's a prisoner, and you know. I, one of the things that I wanted to talk about with this film was uh, the grittiness of it, which I think a lot of Star Wars fans want, is they don't want the polished, like, ready for kids viewing, which this film, although it was still in, um, like, the Disney realm, um, mm-hmm. it was, it was um, well done in the fact that it didn't shy away from, like, the rebellion and how much fighting was going on. The amounts of like soldiers that were dying and people dying and stuff which honestly if you go to some of the outer reaches in the solar system or not even the solar system but the galaxy universe it's there's a lot more bad things in star wars in the yeah. star wars universe than possibly good so just showing at least a little bit of that is nice
1: yeah there was a lot of mindless killing even there at the beginning mm-hmm just the stormtroopers stroll up on him and um, Diego's character just blasts him. Mm-hmm. Casey in and then he kills his buddy or the guy that was giving him information. So it's just like whatever you got to do to get by. Kind of like salvage type grunge thing going on there. And Yeah. I don't know if this was the first film in the Star Wars series to do that. But it definitely, like, took it to another level. And there's generally a lot of darker scenes that, you know, we don't historically have with, like, the episode one through three. Well, Mm -hmm. I guess three a little bit. But three is just people standing on a green screen the whole time. So that's great. Right. But I digress again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I enjoyed the grittiness of it. It just showed that, you know it's not all sunshine and rainbows whenever it comes to star Wars and just that backstabbing that you saw between Cassian and his friend. It was like, it was perfect. Honestly, like it showed Mm -hmm. you how much it was, you know, he could say one thing and do another right after like, uh, and you could play with that. And I think that was really nice to see. And I think that's what a lot of fans really wanted from, star wars and what we still want from star wars because uh the movies now the biggest gripe with a lot of the movies is it's too fluffy i would say if i could use that as a proper term i think that's a good one it's too nice and uh there's so much star wars history where you literally have a genocide of people yeah there's no getting around that of The dark history of star wars not only that but before that genocide before order 66 there's plenty of other ones where the sith hunted down the jedi to kill them Mm -hmm. and then even messing with the sith having like to kill their mentors and stuff like that in order to get apprentices and that whole cycle continuing like that's some messed up psychological stuff that i think would be well received if it was explored in a cinematic way
1: yeah i agree and there's a in this film specifically there's a lot of like gun off the hip shoot type moments Mm -hmm. where and i i just generally hate this because every movie that this happens in you're like all you need to do is walk up and shoot them and then they walk up and they have a 10 minute conversation and somehow they like have time to think about how to like save the day and then they do that Mm -hmm. but not in this one well, except at the very end with Orson's character, he could have just came out of the elevator and shot her, but he didn't. So yeah. But aside from that, like, there's just people that walk up and shoot. You don't get a lot of that in Star Wars or actually a lot of films for that matter. And I thought that was really nice because it's just like more realistic. Mm-hmm. Like people aren't like if they've got their mind set up, they're walking up to kill you. Like they're not gonna like hear your side of the story. Like they just they've got a mission. They're gonna do it. Yeah, I. So.
0: And I think that now they have... The Mandalorian is showing a little bit more of the non-Force-using side of the universe. And so is this film right here, which showed you a bunch of people who, except for possibly... um, uh, I can't pronounce his name in the movie. Chirrut, possibly. uh, But Donnie Yin, Mm -hmm. his character, possibly has connections with the Force um but everybody else is like forceless and you see them living in this world just blasting like Han Solo so yeah and I think that's what a lot of people wanted was seeing what it's like to not have that power and not have a destiny if that makes sense
1: mm-hmm. I think it makes it more relatable and feel more grounded even though yeah. it's this like far off galaxy and these all different types of worlds and planets Mm-hmm. Which, as a movie watcher, I appreciate when movies can do that. Yeah. Something I wanted to touch on was because this is kind of bridging between three and four, I feel like this movie is providing the modern CG, beautiful images of what people were seeing in the four, five, six trilogy. Mm-hmm. But it just, like, as amazing as the models were and everything. When you look at some of these machines, especially when they're on the final planet there. Yeah. Like, that's what people wanted to see back then. But, but they now, didn't have the ability. Like, you can see it, and it's beautiful, and, like, it's very vibrant, and everything looks real. hmm And even on this last watch, you know, I was looking at that, I was like, dang, dude, that's good. Especially when the uh, what are they, AT-ATs mm-hmm. comes through the smoke there, and, like, they just see that, and they're like, oh, shoot, we got to get yeah. out of here. I love that. I feel like a lot of people felt that way watching it originally. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was like getting that now. Yeah. That was really nice.
0: I definitely agree. I think that they use the technology they have very well. And, of course, Star Wars, the mainline movies, they're very up-to-date with what they use CGI-wise and they're constantly pushing the boundaries uh if like i can say so it's one Mm -hmm. of those where it tries their best to be technologically ahead of other movies and this film i think they used it in such a nice narrative way that it's not distracting and it's uh done so well because of those visuals that you get right and they're used so well that when you see them it's breathtaking and you're like it's these moments where it's like you said the ATATs walking through the smoke and you're like oh right <laughs> imagine having that but like the battle of hoth that's in in the originals and uh you can tell that the 8080s are kind of like slowly in like 15 frames a second falling down like claymation style <laughs> and you know you get The sense that now with this technology, they could do what they want and you can see it like fluidly fall into the water and the animators are capable of providing a ripple in the water rather than just like, oh, it fell into the water. Right. Right. It can provide a little bit more for our imagination rather than our imagination having to work overtime to Mm -hmm. come to its conclusion.
1: Yeah. And kind of in that same vein, we see a few glimpses of Vader in this one. Yeah. And, oh. again, I know in the original trilogy, he's oftentimes very stiff, just mm-hmm. not super mobile. I mean, he was literally just wearing the suit, so, like, just kind of like the first Batman, like, he can't freaking move, so, like... Yeah. That's just... They filmed it. Like, there was no CGI there at all or anything. Mm-hmm. But, like, you see him in this and it's like that's the vader i wanted to see yes because like again especially that end sequence his saber just lights up and he just massacres that hallway
0: it's it's literally the vader that everyone wanted to see i i completely agree with you because when you see his saber light up you can almost see them crap themselves (laughs) like Yeah, Vader is not someone that's just like you walk by him on the street. Oh, hey there. And then you just go by. Right. He's Mm -hmm. not just somebody that's like, oh, he's he's all right. He's literally one of the most powerful beings in the entire universe. One of the most powerful humans to have ever existed in the Star Wars canon. Honestly, aside from a bunch of disputes about Starkiller being the strongest Anakin, uh, Darth Vader is known to be the top. Like he is literally, and there's a bunch of canon, like a bunch of, or it's not canon, but people like, like to mention it that Mm -hmm. Vader or, uh, Anakin Skywalker was manifested from the force. Like he had a mother, but this was not from, uh, just normal cunnilingus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this Great was, use of the word. I this was not normal circumstances. He was born from, uh, I can't remember the name. I want to say Plagueis. Darth Plagueis is uh messing with the Force and trying to create life, and you got to understand he's on another level. And I, I preface all of that saying that when you see him in the final bit, you're scared of him you're not like oh it's darth vader let me run this way and get out of his way no he, he will hunt you down yeah he will hunt you down and you there's no escaping <laughs> and there he's is quick none.
1: like he's a lot quicker than yes it's led to believe um in other films which was scary in itself
0: mm-hmm. so this is that's one of the uh whenever the fans saw that Is when they started standing and clapping and like getting excited because that's the Darth Vader that is known to the comics, to the books. We're talking about a Darth Vader that fought an entire army, and I think one of his most iconic lines is like one of the troops of the army is like, We have you surrounded, and he's like, Good, and then he just goes (laughs) to town and like destroys the entire army. Like, that's the type of Vader we're talking about. We're talking about 10 people. In a hallway with Vader.
1: Yeah. This Nowhere is nothing
0: go. for him. This is a Saturday. He's walking on his way to the mess hall for breakfast. <laughs> and he's he's just swatting flies. Like, this is nothing for him. Yeah. And that's what we need to see. And that's why all the, the Star Wars fans got excited whenever they saw Vader at the end. Because that's what we wanted to see.
1: Even the uh, earlier scene on the walkway bridge thing mm-hmm. ben middleton's character he's out there and they're kind of having him back and forth mm-hmm. you are like okay vader's cool We're like you know we know like his history so we're like a little weary of how that's going to end up right and everything seems like it ends fine he's walking away and ben middleton you know he's like gotta get his last word in and then vader's like oh he said something else Mm-hmm. And then he's like got the force on him and he's just like choking him out from like yeah. 20 feet away. Mm-hmm. And then he turns around and he's got that witty like comment, and something like, Hope you don't choke on your aspirations or something like that. And it's just like, Man, this guy.
0: Yeah. He's he does not play around. And uh, honestly, I would say I've actually watched the ending scene multiple times just to watch Darth Vader. Like, just for mm-hmm. that reason, it's because of the portrayal. And, um, yeah, I think that it was so well done. The ending, I thought, was fantastic because it's one of those where it's not a happy ending. Right. Like, in a sense, you know it's not the end, but in that vein, it's the end of this movie, right? Of that story, of that Star Wars story. It's over. Like, they're dead. Everyone's gone.
1: Could you imagine watching... I'd say four, five, six didn't exist yet. Right. And you watch Rogue One, how stoked you would be? Mm. Cause like, you can just it'd be like the hype for all these great sequels that come out, and you're like just so stoked up on them. Yeah. I just I think I was trying to like get myself in that headspace, but also I know people have watched a lot of these, where they've watched Rogue One and went straight into four, because I think, I like guess, literally set up so that you could do that. Right. I'm just trying to fathom how that would feel to just be sitting there, not have any context for the future stuff. Mm-hmm. And you just see all that unfold. Vader goes ham. Then we see Leia. We, we, I guess we wouldn't know Leia at that point other right. than through some random bits of dialogue. But that'd be sweet. Like yeah. I kind of wish I didn't know about the other stuff and could rewatch it.
0: Yeah, I, I think that is a really good experiment to do is like just to imagine like not knowing any of that because i think it sets up so perfectly for the future films because when every one of the protagonists die all of them die that one chip that one chip that makes it to leia that's the new hope right there is that little drive yeah
1: it just is poetic in a way
0: And that's what she sends the whole... That's what sets up for the entire, like, why they're fighting uh, for the Resistance, how they're going about it, Leia's message, uh, followed by, like, Luke finding Luke, right? A new hope for the Resistance. When the hope... Or those fighting in the Resistance, the only hope that existed at that point were the characters. But now the characters are gone. And now the Mm -hmm. only hope relies in that chip. So... Yeah. That's, that's the level of, like, galaxy brain I think these producers or writers were on.
1: Yeah, and I think it. if we could think about uh, Snowpiercer just briefly, you know, that is all about leading a revolution, and this is about a rebellion, and mm-hmm. it's kind of that we succeeded, but we failed because everyone's dead. Mm-hmm. And in the same way that Snowpiercer, like, they succeeded, but... <laughs> everyone Everyone's died gone. and it's just like gotta start over yeah. and that's kind of the same thing here and like you're talking about with the new hope and how all that kick starts from there i just think it's a satisfying type of story like throughout yeah. storytelling through all time those types of stories never get old yeah and it just for me like i seek out things like that and so i really appreciate that and i don't know where this came from like if they just wrote this separate and like wanted to bridge the two trilogies or if it was already like in the canon like you mentioned or some anthology already but i'm just glad that someone like said hey wouldn't that be cool to like explore what happened in between those and they -hmm. did and it's pretty awesome
0: yeah so i'm fairly certain that rogue one was a a story before this i i'm fairly certain uh let me just double check myself real quick uh development on rogue one in the mid 2000s wow oh. after learning that george lucas was developing a star wars live action tv series however no put aside the idea once he realized that it would not fit in within the show's concept the series, which was eventually put on indefinite hold due to budget constraints and lucas decided to retire from filmmaking and so yeah I believe it it had been in the works. So Rogue One had been in the works for a while, but um, it never got fully panned out. And it was going to be Rogue One uh, Mm -hmm. since then. But for budget constraints, shows, stuff like that, it just didn't pan out. Uh, But it finally came to fruition with Rogue One. You
1: mentioned 2000. Mm -hmm. The first film, meaning episode one... Was that 1999? 1999, you're right. Because like, to have that much forethought, and I know all this was kind of all planned out to some degree, but that's really cool that in between 1 and 2, they're already thinking about how to bridge 3 and 4. That's really sweet. Mm-hmm.
0: So I, I think that it was well done story-wise, and mm-hmm. it was not something that they just threw together, I believe. I think this is yeah. something that... After wasn't considering forced. the first prequels, they were like, we got to do
1: this. Yeah, I think that's a testament to waiting sometimes, mm-hmm. like let it have the air to breathe and you get a solid movie like Rogue One. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that Rogue One, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, from the praises that we've been giving it, definitely give it a shot because it's... Like even with the score, I was noticing that I was really into a lot of these scenes. Um, mm-hmm. because it just was so well done. I mean, when you watch a Star Wars film, I think you're wanting to hear like good score. And it's almost like you never notice it. It's so good. Like if it's a bad score, you can usually tell. But yeah. it it fits so well. Michael Giacchino was the music, and then John Williams also did some of the uh, I think they use some of his music from like the original. his original
1: music felt like it just kind of like took a little turn and remastered it. So like you hear yeah. it, but it sounds a little different. And yeah. so like, oh, this is kind of a different story, and that kind of helps, yeah. you, even so at the beginning
0: we we didn't even talk about that, but the beginning Rogue One, when it pops up Rogue One, it has a different rendition of the original Star Wars theme. Mm-hmm. and it's like you know that you're not in a Skywalker film nor yeah. in another one completely
1: yeah I-, I thought that was a subtle little detail that kind of helped set it apart as well alright what's your final score?
0: my final score for Rogue One I think with the visuals and I think the acting was well done uh, there was nothing in it that I thought was very jarring so though what I would give it is a I'd give it an eight out of ten Chew. I don't know if I can bring myself to give it a nine out of ten just because <laughs> of like I think that there were some parts in it that I was just like you know it was it's really good well done but maybe just personally, didn't resonate with me mm-hmm. and that could be as easy as i don't know I, I, as a star wars fan if we're rating it out of the star wars uh universe this goes atop everyone else it gets the 10 out of 10 oh, wow. in the star wars because i because c- i like this one just because of its complete take on just a different film now mm-hmm. if we are watching first take like if i'd never seen the first one I would be like, this absolutely slaps. Uh, Having seen the first one, I still think it is fantastic. Uh, A lot of people, they'll probably give me flack because they're like, what are you (laughs) talking about? It's the first one. But I think that uh, many people, they're remembering it so well from the first one, and it's well done, the first one, no doubt. Episode four is fantastic. But I think it's turned into a little bit of a... Oh, for the the first one that came out, it's, fan, like, it's number one. There's nothing that can top it. Right. But I think it's this film a, like, gives it a run for it. its money.
1: Yeah. I wanted to point out just briefly at the end, it's two hours and 13 minutes. Mm-hmm. And all three times I've watched it, I've never been bored. Mm-hmm. And I've never been checking the time other than to kind of see at which points like plot things were happening just because I kind of look at that. Mm-hmm. But I remember this third time watching it, I was like halfway through and I felt like I had just started. Right. And so for me, like that's a huge testament to the film because anything over two hours, I'm already worried about, am I going to fall asleep? Uh, Am I going to just check out and jump on my phone Zone or something? Out. Yeah. And never the case with this one. And so for that reason, among many others, this gets an eight out of ten for me as well, and easily, easily, best Star Wars film in my book. And they're gonna start boycotting cinemas <laughs> after this, Cinevibes but I don't even put care.
0: A Watch list on who not to There's gonna be they're
1: gonna be picketing outside, I think. <laughs> but Trey I mean,
0: Riley's in there, standing at the concession, <laughs> plotting his oppression. <laughs> it's
1: like I get it. The original trilogy is classic. Just like Back to the Future, yeah. There's a bunch of movies like that, mm-hmm. but you got to give credit when credits due, and this movie really knocks it out of the park.
0: Yeah, I definitely want to see your comparison after watching number one. I need you. Yeah. I need you to tell me your opinion after you watch uh, the original episode four.
1: And I have no excuse. I have Disney Plus, so.
0: Right, it's on there. Like you, you have all you have to do is just dedicate what was it two hours of your
1: life yeah i guess though if i watch four i gotta watch five and six right
0: right and then after that it's like you know well i wonder what one and two and three look like <laughs> and then you just grab your barf bag depending on yeah. who you
1: ask about it episode one jar jar binks and the next one <laughs> 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 no nice. darth Maul is pretty sick though let's
0: just oh, throw that out there i mean come on darth Maul is probably one of the most well-known like If we're talking about
1: anyone our age, like that's definitely like Darth Maul's the boss. He's like the second Vader in terms of like popularity. I feel like,
0: and honestly, like he's got such an interesting story behind him. Um, Does he? He's got such an interesting story. I've I've seen him some of the backstory for him, and it's like that's some lore that the fans really want to Mm. go in on. Yeah, if you want to send us your boycotting emails, you can catch us at cinevibescast at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to rant to us on Instagram and send us a bunch of stories about how we should cancel the show, uh, you can follow (laughs) us at at the cinevibes on Instagram.
1: Absolutely.
0: And you can catch this uh, podcast on wherever you're listening right now, as well as Apple Podcasts and Spotify so if you're listening to it on spotify you can also listen to it on <laughs> apple Podcasts. just we if encourage you're you
1: to listen on both <laughs> platforms
0: please just put it on repeat and just have it looping completely <laughs> uh and then also it's on soundcloud
1: <laughs> if you're over there working on your mixtape
0: if you're ever dropping fire please let us know we may not listen but at least listen <laughs> to our vibes
1: Alrighty, we appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much for listening. And that's going to do it for this episode.
0: And. We're out.